ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Tuesday, April 4th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. I have opened up the text line for you. You can do so right now, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. You can also find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. Looking forward to hearing from you this hour. We had a lot to get into, as we always do. I think we need to start with the worst-kept secret of all time from Marshall basketball, at least recent memory. Tavion Kinsey declaring for the NBA draft. He made a statement earlier today on Twitter because, again, that's where you go to hold your press conferences now. You don't hold press conferences anymore. You don't have media come to you. You just put it out there on Twitter for the whole world to see. And he wrote, you know, when I first came to Marshall University, I never knew if it would be the best decision in my life. The decision that would ultimately change my life forever. I was just happy that somebody, someone, finally took a chance on me. My whole life I've been overlooked and counted out. And I'm still, to this very day, I've never complained once. Better yet, I loved it. I embraced it and used it as motivation to drive me. Basketball has been more than a vehicle for me. has been a lifesaver. Thank you to my family for being with me and supporting me throughout my whole college career. To the great people of Huntington, West Virginia, and those who bleed green, thank you for your support over the years. To my coaches, thank you so much for every moment of this journey and for being more than coaches when I needed you outside of the game. To my teammates, if I could do it all again, I wouldn't want to do it with any other group of guys. I love you all forever. Most importantly, Thank you, God, for creating this game of basketball, and thank you so much for blessing me every day to wake up and be able to play this beautiful game. With that being said, I will be declaring for the 2023 NBA Draft. That is Tavion Kinsey making his intentions known. Heartfelt message to Herd fans and supporters. Still the worst-kept secret of all time, at least in recent memory. We knew he was declaring. It's just a formality now. He's just letting everybody know he's doing it. We knew he was declaring, and he's got a good chance. He's got a good chance. If he can get drafted or if he can get into the developmental league and work his way up, I think he's going to have a good career. He's going to have a good postseason career, post-martial career. What do you think his shot is? You think Tavion has a, a serious shot at the NBA? Will he be one of the few Marshall players to break through and get a legitimate shot at the NBA. I mean, there, there's been a few. There have been a few. Marshall's not necessarily known as an NBA factory here. Not too many guys have come out of Marshall and made it to the NBA. I mean, John Elmore has had a, a really good professional basketball career, but – He hasn't made it to the show. And there are more opportunities for guys now to go out there and showcase what they are about, what they can do. You can play overseas. You can make a great living at basketball playing overseas. And, of course, you know, you get the developmental league. You also have events like the basketball tournament that showcase what you're able to do. If anything, I think the basketball tournament has shown that there are some really good guys out there that can play basketball 
and they're not in the NBA, or in the case of that tournament, some of them have been in the NBA, so now not in the show. Some of these guys could be in the NBA, for whatever reason, not. But there's really good basketball being played, not in the NBA. It's just a lot of these guys didn't get the opportunity, didn't stick. But there's still basketball to be played at different levels. And can Tavion Kinsey make that jump? I don't want to see Tavion Kinsey playing for her that anytime soon. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. Not that I wouldn't love it. I would love to see Tavion Kinsey playing for Heard that in, um, in, a, in a few years, down the road. Let's, let's think about this for a second. You know, let's, let's talk about Tavion Kinsey down the road in the basketball tournament. He can play when he's done with the NBA. That's, that's my hope for the young man. I mean, great kid. I know it's hard to call him a kid. I mean, he's, he's still pretty young, but great kid, always um, always great to talk to, respectful, fun to be around, great personality. I, I mean, I'm saying a lot of things about uh, Tavion that you already know. We like him. We know. We're big fans. So hopefully Tavion Kinsey can make it to the NBA. That's what we're hoping for. But he, he makes that de- declaration today. On Twitter, and I'm just hoping that uh, I'm hoping he sticks. Hope he can make it, make his dream come true. I mean, Sun Belt Player of the Year. Honestly, I think people have come to know him. I don't think he's getting overlooked. Maybe, maybe in certain circles, overlooking him. But I don't think that when you say Tavion Kinsey, not too many people are going, "Who is that guy?" Or, "Yeah, no worries there." Now, I think people know who Tavion Kinsey is. You remember I asked him about that, getting into the Sun Belt. He's like, I hope nobody knows who I am getting into the Sun Belt. And I asked him, I said, do you really think that going into this new conference, that they don't know who you are, that they don't have an idea of who you are? I mean, that was a serious question. Seriously, do you think that they won't know who you are once you get into Sunbelt play. No, they know who you are. So I wish him a lot of luck. One of my favorite Marshall basketball players. I've got a few. Some of mine date back to the 80s. I'm not going to lie to you. Some of my favorite Marshall basketball memories come from the 80s. There are lots of spots in between now and then that I have fond memories of. You know, most recent batch of, of players that came through several years ago. Shaq Johnson, one of my favorites. Rondell Watson, one of my favorites. Tavion Kinsey, one of my favorites. I know I've got a lot of favorites, don't I? But just, there are guys that you like, and then there are guys that, I mean, you're going to miss those, you're going to miss those players a lot. And not to say that, you know, a lot of Marshall players uh, over the years, you know, you don't you, you, you miss them. But I love watching a guy like Shaq Johnson play, just being around him. I love watching Rondell Watson just come off the bench and, and just do, do things that you know, you're thinking, man, why isn't this guy starting? But he's pretty good off the bench. And then you got Tavion Kinsey, who um, had a tremendous career here at Marshall University. 
We gotta start talking. Are we gonna talk statues soon? We got the one. We got the one outside the Henderson Center. When are we gonna start talking statues? Basketball statues. Can you can you put more than one out there? Is there someone that's as worthy of Hal Greer to have a statue? We're going to wait a little longer on Tavion Kinsey to see how his NBA career goes. So I'm not necessarily putting him up there just yet for statue status. And I'm not going to really go through the Mount Rushmore, once again, of Marshall basketball players. Because I think that is an exercise that's going to be so de- so divisive. I mean, I'll entertain it, though. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. I think if we're just purely talking basketball, there has to be eventually a statue of Cam Henderson somewhere. There has to be a Cam Henderson statue somewhere. Legendary coach for Marshall Athletics, not just football, not just basketball. I got asked that question a long time ago. Like, why is why is the football coach's name on the basketball arena? And this was like the 90s. I had to explain, okay, look, coach basketball, coach football, he did it both. We're talking about back in the day, you know, when coaches could do that jump from one sport to the other, you could do that. You think Coach Huff could do that, hop over from football to coach basketball? You think he could do that? I mean, Cam Henderson could do that. Could could Coach Huff do that, jump from football to basketball? Could Dan D'Antoni jump from basketball to football? These are interesting thoughts that are coming through my mind. But let's get the first time out in, and uh, we'll get some of your text in. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. going to open it up a little bit for you. I do want to talk more about, of course, Marshall basketball. Recently, Micah Hanlogden declaring, entering the transfer portal. A lot of conversation about the reasons why the difficulty that a Marshall University-type university would have and retaining a player like Micah Hanlogden, name, image, likeness, that's going to be an issue for the foreseeable future. Can Marshall compete in the name, image, and likeness space? Can Marshall University make a push to compete in that space? And how much is that really a factor? At the end of the day, how much of that is really a detriment to Marshall, and how much of that is just a minor annoyance that Marshall needs to work around. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We've got more coming up. That includes your text here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. It is the Tuesday, April 4th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. 
We're getting your text in 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I did get a text rerouted from one of our other radio station text lines in response to, I'm believing this is the uh, the Mount Rushmore argument once again, of Marshall basketball. Texter writes in and says, Skip, Greer, Bird, and Lee. That's that's your four right there. How many of these guys should have statues? How Greer has one, should Skip get a trophy? Well, more importantly, a, um, a statue. Should Skip get a statue? What would Monument Park look like for Marshall basketball? Would, would it be the Mount Rushmore? And that's it. You get you gotta you gotta be a Mount Rushmore equivalent to get that statue. I mean, you gotta have Hal Greer. Hal Greer had to have a statue. No argument there. There was definitely no way that you could not have a statue. You had to. I mean the I mean, Philadelphia's got a statue of him. Marshall needed a statue of him, so they got took care of. That's that's now done. That's that's been rectified. Um, texture says Taft. See, I I think that that's a valid argument. That's a huge argument there because I am a big John Taft fan. I, I still think that. And this is going to probably irritate some of you. And I'm okay with that today. I think John Taft is still the best Marshall player that at least I've seen. John Taft is still the best Marshall basketball player that I've seen. So I'll I'll give some room. I'll give some room here for just a little bit of argument. But I think John Taft is probably the best Marshall player on the basketball court. At least the best I've seen. So I would entertain a, a John Taft statue. But what are the what are the qualifications? Do you have to have a successful successful NBA run as well? I mean, not too many Marshall players can can boast that. How Greer would qualify for that. So, if we're going on Marshall merits alone, I think John Taft definitely is up there. Absolutely. And if he had more time to play, I think that the record chase would have been really interesting. He's still my, he's my standard. He's my gold standard as far as what a Marshall basketball player was all about. I mean, I like Skip Henderson, too. I thought Skip was fantastic on the court, and John Elmore was fantastic on the court. Tavion Kinsey is fantastic and amazing. But maybe there's a little nostalgia here. Maybe there's a little, it was better back in my day going on here. But I'm going to say John Taft is probably, if you're going to honestly say, if you could pick one basketball player to go with, which player are you going to go with? And it's going to be John Taft. I'm going to say, okay, I'm taking John Taft. Let's go. Who am I drafting first in the all-time basketball draft? I'm taking, I'm taking John Taft. Our text line, 
is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's the number to text into the program. It's just me in the studio today. So that's going to be the easiest way for you to get a hold of me. That's using the text line. Again, that's 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255 to text in. What do you think? John Taft, is he is he the greatest Marshall basketball player? Put records aside, all of that. Don't don't hit me with, okay, well, John scored more than him, so John's the best. Or Tavion scored more than him, so Tavion's the best. If you were going to you were gonna pick, who would you take first? I would probably say best I've seen was John Taft. You might differ in opinion. You might you might say, no, he, he wasn't the best. You might throw the Skip Henderson argument out there. You might say, look, no. Dan D'Antoni was the best basketball player ever on the court. I mean, Dan might make that argument. I love Dan, though. So that's sort of where we're at. That's where we're at. Texter writes in and says, Huck. Glory days of heard basketball were under Rick Huckabee from the tuxedos and beating the school up north at the cam to three Southern Conference championships and NCAA tourney appearances. Those were the glory days. I agree. Those were the glory days. I think that's where a lot of herd fans became herd fans watching those successful teams in the 80s. I mean, it was fun. Growing up, going to school, we had all the posters. I mean, getting posters back then, that was a big deal. Especially, you get the posters, a schedule poster. There wasn't this internet thing where you could just look it up on your phone. When's the game being played? Well, get the schedule poster. It even had a place where you could write the score in. You don't have that now in these schedule posters. Back then, the schedule poster had a place where you could write the score in. So what did I do? I had the Hucks Herd poster. I had the Marshall basketball posters that had that, and I would write the score in. If I wasn't able to watch it on TV, I'd listen to it on the radio. That's how I kept track of Herd basketball back in the day, during, during those good days. And, of course, posters were usually sponsored by Ashland Oil which you don't have that anymore. You don't have a, a company of that magnitude really sponsoring Marshall basketball anymore. So, yeah, I agree. Glory days. Huck's Herd. That's when a lot of Herd fans, I think, were born during those days. All right, the text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Is, um, is John Taft the greatest of all time? If you agree with me, great. If you don't, let's hear it. More coming up this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, April 4th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Uh, during the break, I took a call. Unfortunately... I couldn't put the caller on the air because uh, I would have got him in trouble with his wife. I would have kept him from 
something important, dinner time. But I'm going to I'm gonna paraphrase what he said to me. And you can text in as well, 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. So if, you know, your wife won't let you call in or, you know, you're, you're going to spend too much time on the phone with me talking and it's going to keep you from something, you can text that we should not be having this conversation because we're going down a slippery slope. Because there's a, a, an army of players that are really good martial basketball players. And we're going to go with players that, you know, predate me as actually seeing actually being there for, you know, for example, was I there? Was I there for Bob Allen? Was I there for him? No, I was not there for Bob Allen. Was not there. Russell Lee, was I there for Russell Lee? No, I was not there for Russell Lee. Now, Russell Lee, one of the greats of Marshall basketball, right? So the argument is, what makes a Marshall basketball player even worthy of statue? Outstanding college career at Marshall. Outstanding NBA career. That's the criteria. I appreciate the call. Here is the list. If I miss anyone, let me know. And I know you will. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. Okay. Jason Williams. Is he statue worthy? Played in the NBA. 12 years. 788 games. Is he statue worthy? No, I'm not going to say that. Okay. Tamar Slay. Played in the show. Second round draft pick. Is Tamar Slay worthy of a statue? Eh. If we're going by the NBA greatness, college basketball greatness. He's got the college basketball part down. No no doubt. Maybe. Okay. Andy Tonkovich. Some of you don't even remember Andy Tonkovich. He was before my time. First round pick. Providence Steamrollers. Out of Union High School. Would you honor a guy like him? 17 games in the NBA, if I, if I, if I remember that, if I got that stat right. If we're going by the NBA, greatness, college greatness, no, probably not. How about Hassan Whiteside? Would he count? Would he count? Round two, pick three, played with Marshall. One season, played as a freshman. Does he count? Does he get the distinction of a basketball statue? He's got 10 years in the league. 
Great story. Maybe the closest to outstanding start of a college career. Really good NBA. What do you think? I'm going to say no. I know I'm passing on Hassan Whiteside. Not, not statue worthy. Not, not by this criteria. All right. We're, we're down to a few players here. Uh, does Mike D'Antoni get a statue? There could be some argument here. There could be some argument here because Mike has had a different career. He's had a coaching career that's been outstanding. He's had a uh, college career. He was he was great for Marshall. He's had, you know, a successful career as a coach. Does he get a statue? Jury's out on that one. I'm going to say the jury's out on Mike D'Antoni. Get, if, going by this criteria, I'm going to say the jury's out because I'm going to apply a different standard to Mike D'Antoni. So I think we're eliminating Bob Allen. We're eliminating Mike D'Antoni. We are eliminating Tamar Slay, Andy Tonkovich, Hassan Whiteside we've eliminated, Jason Williams we've eliminated, and from Stonewall Jackson High School, drafted in the 1948 NBA draft, 1948, Gene James. From Ironton, Ohio. From Ironton, Ohio. High school at Stonewall Jackson. I don't think that he would. Three years in the NBA. Points per game, 3.36. So, um, I'm going to say no. I think the criteria is, were you as good as Hal Greer? Hal Greer in his career, if this, if this is right, 19.24 points per game, 1,122 games in the NBA. Drafted in 1958, played 15 seasons. Hurry and Hal Greer. I think he's, that's the line. Are you, are you as good as Hal Greer? And the answer is no. Anyone on this list, any player that played in the NBA and played for Marshall and had an outstanding career as a college player at Marshall, has there been an outstanding NBA career to follow that? And I would say that Tamar Slay, I had high hopes for him. Great basketball player. Love Tamar Slay. Hassan Whiteside, great basketball player. Jason Williams, loved him. I don't think that if we're going by that criteria, if we're going by who deserves a statue, I think we go with Hal Greer. And I don't think we can make an argument for anyone else right now. If we're going, if we're holding, holding to a high standard here, if we're going to hold and not just put a, a monument park up. Because there are a lot of great martial basketball players that, I mean, just remember, a few years ago we were all kidding around that, hey, 
John Elmore deserves a statue because John Elmore got Marshall to the NCAA tournament. Marshall won a game. And for every great thing that John has done, he should be honored and he should be recognized. Is um, is there a John Elmore statue in the future at Marshall University? And I, I don't know if you can make that argument. I don't know if you can make that argument. Because it's compelling that the standard is Hal Greer. I mean, you can't put... You can't put less than. I, I don't think. I think it's got to be how Greer or greater. Hopefully there will be another one there. It's got to mean something. I, and honestly, it, it does have to mean something. It, you know, I like the idea of maybe honoring Cam Henderson. I mean, one day, if there's ever a new basketball facility, a new arena, it's not named after Cam Henderson, maybe just maybe you come up with a different way to honor him. I think you always should honor Cam Henderson. But as it stands right now, Hal Greer, that's the cutoff. If you're not as good as Hal Greer, if you don't have a resume similar to Hal, you have to be similar to Hal Greer, resume-wise. And of all Marshall basketball greatness, Hal Greer probably stands above with not only an outstanding college career, but an outstanding NBA career. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. This has been fun today. Let's do more of it when we continue on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Plenty of time for you to be a part of today's show. It's 304-396-TALK. That's our text line. We do that every day. 304-396-8255. We've been talking a lot about Tavion Kenzie entering the NBA draft, making his intentions known. Can Tavion make it to the show? Can Tavion one day be one of those all-time greats in Marshall basketball, not only for college career, but an outstanding NBA career? How Greer's going to be tough? He's going to be tough to beat. He's going to be tough to beat. We'll get more of your text in again, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. There's other things going on today that uh, we need to get into. Um, earlier today, and um, this is per Metro News, the WVSSAC Board of Control voted yes, 117 to 12, to have four classifications in sports other than basketball. Uh, so this is going to be voted on by the Board of Education. That will be this summer. And – this would, if passed, will be for the 2024-2025 athletic season. So we're going to have 4A, quad A, single A, double A, triple A, quad A. Football. So you got to rename the Super 6. It's going to be the Super 8. Now, is is the jury still out on this? Did, did this make basketball better? Did this create more opportunities, or did it water it down a little bit for the smaller classes? I'm interested. I'm interested to see how this works. Now, now 
is this going to hurt scheduling as well? Because now you're looking at this thing and thinking, okay, I, I can't schedule this triple A school because you know I'm a quad A school. I need I need quad A points. And how will this impact some of the uh, current conferences uh, for scheduling purposes? I, I'm curious about this. So uh, this is going to um, now we're going to start in October. That's when reclassifying will occur again. And schools also, according to Metro News, will no longer be classified strictly on enrollment. They'll now go off to the competitive balance formula, which was utilized in basketball. So there's going to be a competitive balance formula. Also, the period, it's a three-week period in June and July, this is when teams could work with coaches in an organized setting. This is in the offseason. No more. Now teams have 32 days. Coaches can use them as they want to. They can use them when they want to. So I'm interested to see how teams use those days, try to maximize them, what periods are going to be designated for, for those uses. NCAA tournament last night. I can't forget that. The UConn Huskies beating San Diego State for the championship game. And I'm curious to see what the numbers are rating-wise. But the um, tournament, Miami-UConn game from the Final Four on CBS, rating-wise, it was down. The Miami-UConn game it had $12.85 million. That was down from last year's Duke-North Carolina contest, which was uh, $16.25 million. That was on TNT and TBS last year. This was on CBS this year. Now, last year, Villanova-Kansas, also on TNT-TBS, had $11.1 million eyeballs. FAU and San Diego State had $11.9 million, so that's up. So teams that are not Blue Bloods, teams that are not – your typical power team, I think the time slot helped as well. Uh, people were tuning in for it. Keep People were tuning in for it, so that's pretty good. Can't wait to see what the championship game numbers look like. Um, I think the numbers are going to be down just because the game itself wasn't as exciting it felt like after a while it's going to be a foregone conclusion that UConn is going to win this thing. And hardcore, diehard college basketball fans are going to watch this. A lot of people, okay, UConn is going to win this. I'm going to, I'm going to change the channel. I'm not saying you were flipping over to USA Network to watch Raw after WrestleMania, but I think people were maybe checking in, national championship game, looked like UConn was going to win this thing. All right seen what I need to see, and checked out. And just the lateness of the game as well. I think that's going to hurt it a little bit. I don't think it's going to um, I don't think it's going to be terribly down, but I think that might be a drop just a little bit. While we're here, let's get you caught up on what's happening this week. Uh, we got baseball action to follow. The Thundering Herd in Charleston to take on 24th-ranked West Virginia. That's coming up tomorrow. Then on Thursday, baseball will take on Louisiana. Uh, volleyball is in action on the 6th as well, taking on West Virginia State. And then softball is going to be in action on the 6th 
at ULM. So uh, we got a few things uh, coming up to keep an eye on this week for the Thundering Herd. And, of course, spring practice continues uh, this week at Jones C. Edwards Stadium or the indoor facility as we get closer to the spring game. Just a few more weeks away before you get a really good look at the Thundering Herd, at least what the Thundering Herd looks like at this point in time. So uh, looking forward to the spring game this year. Always fun. Now, with that said, how much can you really, how much will you really glean from the spring game? That's that's the curious part for me. It's like, okay, what looks good in the spring game and what does carry over to the season? What will be, if you see somebody that's having a great spring game, keep an eye on them. Try to find them as we get closer to the regular season because sometimes spring game heroes, you don't see them again. So I'm just, um, I'm curious to see what happens there. Uh, one other thing that I want to know more about it, we'll get into it, obviously, uh, as uh, it progresses, but the attorneys that beat the NCAA in the Supreme Court filed a new class action antitrust lawsuit against the NCAA and the five wealthiest college sports conferences seeking millions of dollars in damages for thousands of athletes. And, of course, uh, this was filed today in the Northern District of California. This is usually where these cases go. The plaintiffs are listed as former Oklahoma State running back Chuba Hubbard, and um, Chuba's with the Carolina Panthers, so Chuba's not hurting for money, and former Auburn track athlete Kira McCarroll. But the lawsuit seeks triple damages for all current and former Division I athletes as far back as 2018. So the Power Five are named, and this is in relation to the 2019 ruling in the Alston case against the NCAA, which made it permissible for schools to provide nearly $6,000 in academic benefits to college athletes. So I want to get a little bit more of a grasp on this, see it play out a little bit more. But this isn't impacting Marshall. This doesn't impact the Sun Belt or the MAC or Conference USA. This is targeted at the Power Five schools, and the NCAA looking for millions of dollars in damages. We're going to get to that point where eventually these student-athletes are going to be employees of the university. It's coming. I don't know when, but it's coming. Because we got name, image, and likeness going on right now. And if the NCAA could have got a grasp of this landscape years ago, and planned ahead and put provisions in place and, and ruled on this and actually had some authority, we might not be in this situation now. As it stands right now, there's a lot of money being made, more so at the top than, say, the Sun Belt, using that as the example. But there's a lot of, a lot of money being made out there. NCAA tournament brings in a lot of cash. TV revenue bringing in a lot of cash. Now, how much of that 
will eventually find its way in the hands of the student athlete. And how will that impact athletic departments? Always an arms race to build the best, build the next big thing. Always an arms race, always spending money. If it isn't facility improvements, it's something. So how much will that impact? And when are we going to get to the point where these are just going to be paid athletes? Here's, here's the amount. Everyone can get paid. Can programs like Marshall compete? And that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.